Jesus. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. We didn't get to all the uh, email I wanted to earlier in the show. You can email us anytime you want, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. A number of emails from folks who've already listened to the Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast with Laura Logan. Uh, Just listen to the uh, podcast. Oh, if she thought the interview with Mike, that's uh, Navy SEAL. I can't remember Mike's last name, Um, but he does a a three-hour and 45-minute podcast thing. Um, and then Laura Logan said some stuff that uh, that uh, offended some journalists. And if that was professional suicide, you just lit the funeral pyre. She was reluctant to use the P word in that first conversation, but gleefully called out the mainstream for its rampant propaganda with you. Uh, converts are the most zealous. Her commentary is refreshing, but you'll never hear Laura Logan and respected journalist in the same sentence again in polite company. I'll say it all the time. Yeah, I know. And it's funny. She is absolutely... I don't remember... If we have this in any of the clips, probably so. I don't remember which one. She adamantly, adamantly yells, I am not a conservative. I am not a liberal. I am not a member of any party. We played part of this earlier. Um, I'm not part of any club. I'm a journalist. I find facts. That's what I am. Don't call me a conservative. Okay. Nobody did. Um, Nonetheless... Her comments have uh, have uh, given rise to some real anger in the mainstream media. Uh, this is this clip is uh, labeled "Lara yells at Joe." I actually think she misunderstood my point, which we'll get to eventually. But that's uh, I've had women yelling at me since I was a wee lad <laughs> um, <laughs> to this day. Uh, but this is uh, we want number nine with uh, Lara Logan. I am a young, idealistic, all right, progressive journalist. And I'm going to say to you, listen, Lara, we are in an emergency right now. We have an insane. What is what is a progressive journalist? What does that even mean? You're either a journalist or you're not. Well, right. I don't know what progressive. Uh, A person who is avowedly progressive, (laughs) who is employed as a journalist. This is not the key point. Political movement that has hijacked the Democratic Party and the left or appears to have done so. I don't know, you know, I don't know what that's about. That offends me. Just like when people say to me, some young girl says to me, I want to be a human rights journalist. I said to her, what is that? I know what a sports journalist is, okay? You cover sports, but you're still a journalist. You're no different to me. You do your job the same way I do my job. We're journalists. You cover sports, I cover news. I get that. But don't tell me I'm a progressive journalist, because that's... That's the kind of political nonsense that that is now propaganda. But, okay. You're now an activist or a propagandist. You're no longer a journalist if that's in your title. So I was really intrigued by the notion of a fact. You were talking about the way you, you carefully combed over 60 Minutes stories. The fact that is misleading. That journalist who happens to be a progressive person, don't yell at me again, um, <laughs> who says, Laura, Laura, if we were to emphasize that story that would mislead people into thinking the new hitler trump is a good guy and that would lessen the resistance i appreciate the law but i'm not going to publish the story that 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 is a lie because the truth is he's evil and he's a misogynist and a racist and a homophobe and the rest of it okay so i can i can answer your question for you this is what i'm going to say i'm as tired of the breathless headlines as anybody else. I meet people every single day who say this to me. People just can't stand it anymore, okay? When, when Hitler was marching across Europe, 
I'm sure that people then said there was no greater time in history that was more important. When Nixon was in the White House, I'm so sure there were people who went out there and said there's never been a more critical time. When we were heading into Vietnam, I mean, there's to to assume that this is the most dangerous time in history or this is the only time in history that we've ever faced anything like this is hubris right. on a scale that says everything about you. It reminds it me of the end of the worlders. Blinded. It reminds it me of the, the religious end of the worlders who think my time is the time that the world will end because we're the people. There's an enormous hubris to it, like you say. Yes, there is. But I want to make an important point here. Okay. That is distinct from fact. Okay, because what I was talking about is you when somebody says to me, oh, you know, Trump is as dangerous as Hitler. I start to ask questions. That's my instinct. Right. So I'm not going to take a position on this. It doesn't matter what my position is. How the hell should I know? Right. I got to figure this out. You, this person has made have made this claim. And that's all it is until I can verify it. It's a claim or it's your opinion. Right. So I'm not going to put it as fact. That's not a fact. So I'm going to look, okay, how many people have been burned alive in gas chambers? How many people have been put on trains? How many people are being, what laws are being passed that's, that are taking us down that path? And what are the answers to those? Those questions lead me to the facts. And those lead me to understand whether something is an opinion or is it an analysis? Is it an opinion that's based in emotion or is it an opinion that's based in fact? What is the evidence supporting this, this claim, right? And that's my process as a journalist, and I have to look at that in every respect. I mean, I don't want to use a controversial, you know, example that's going to have everybody jumping up and down. But you know, it's it's sort of it's sort of interesting. Cheryl Atkinson, who you mentioned, she has a thing like substitute, sw- switch things around. Substitute, you know, Obama for Trump. Trump substitute, you know, somebody else. Put left where the right is and put right where the left is and see if the treatment is the same. And those are the things that I look at. Is the treatment the same? Do we hold everyone to the same standard? Because I'm, I'm consistent, right? I mean, I don't yell at my kids about one thing one day and then say, oh, next day I don't care about that. No, I'm consistent. I tell my kids kindness and respect. And you don't get a break from that. You don't get to be a jackass today and then go back to being kind tomorrow. No, because then you're still a jackass. Laura Logan, former chief foreign correspondent for CBS News for uh, the better part of a decade, I think. She's on 60 Minutes for many, many years um, and is as terrific as always, but is uh, fed up with opinion-infused fake journalism. She sees corrosion in an industry that she understands is very important, and it means a lot to her as she has dedicated her professional career to it. And, and risked she, her life many times and yeah. been gang-raped while doing it, so it means a lot to her, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We can get to some of the backlash against her uh, in a couple of minutes, or maybe even tomorrow. Um, but the entire interview, which is uh, like an hour and a quarter, something like that, hour and a half, is available. Uh, best place to get it, iTunes, or subscribe to the Armstrong and Getty podcast. Uh, let's see, Marshall was uh, intent on getting this on the air, and why not? Uh, Peter Tork of the Monkees, the prefab before the TV show that became a successful pop act. Peter Tork has passed at the age of 77. Was that the one whose mom invented Whiteout? No, that's Michael Nesmith, okay. and the fact that I know that uh, troubles me. Um, I know more about the Monkees than, well, than I want to. I'd like to clear that out and make room for something else. Maybe some good Supreme Court precedents or I've heard Davy Jones was a bitter little fellow, but 
Everybody loved Peter Tork. Who's your favorite monkey? Call now. Me, the rhesus. The rhesus monkey. More to come. A little more with Laura Logan. Big news stories of the day. We had a listener actually play out what it would be like if the 25th Amendment were invoked against Donald Trump. Very entertaining. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. I do have one thing to say. Please. This is the first interview I've done since, you know, all that happened with Mike Ritland. And I only did that interview with Mike Ritland because he's one of the best guys I know. And he's a friend. And he wanted to do it and he needed it for his podcast. I didn't expect anything that came after it. But when I had all these requests for interviews, the one I did, the reason I'm talking to you guys is because you've always been there. You've been there. You've you've uh, been interested in what's happening on the ground in Afghanistan. You've been interested in the work, and I respect you for that. And I respect um, your the way you've treated me. And and so I this is no accident. This interview. I came to you on purpose. Well, that's kind of you to say, and we appreciate it. You know, we try. We're <laughs> we're we're just we're a couple of dopes who are too stubborn to do anything, but. Just it described the world the way we see it. And I've always loved your reporting for so many yeah. years. And we yeah. really appreciate you coming on yeah. today. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Laura. but you never invited me to be a guest on your TV show. So What's you. up with that, boy? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Some might suggest that that was self-serving to play, and they'd be correct. So moving along, uh, yes, she, uh, mm, boy, we were doing a video series for a while, just silly videos, which was fun to do, and I we're just there's so many things going on. We're just a little busy, but... Um, really enjoyed doing them, but uh, she would watch them and make fun of us for it. <laughs> and apparently, she's not willing to let that go quite yet. Lara. So you've got the intellect, the spirit, the guts, the spine, the principles of Lara Logan. Then another great American media figure, Roseanne Barr. That Green New Deal that that Farrakhan loving bitch, well, I don't remember her name. The bug eyed bitch that looks like a realtor. She got them realtor eyes. What does that mean? I can always tell by realtor eyes. <laughs> she got them. Bug eyed lion bitch. Farrakhan fan. Israel hater. Lefty. Dumbass. Dumbasses. Dumb as they get. Uh, ma'am, th- this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to order, we need you to pull around, please. Uh, so, obviously, the key aspect of that clip is the term realtorize. New one on me. I actually get it. But a new one on me. Are you a middle American working class type? Have you ever heard that expression before? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That would be mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I, uh, I have friends who are realtors. I have dealt with realtors. 
I, uh, I actually uh, was uh, involved in a real estate business at one point. Um, I, I'd never heard that term. But moving along. Sue uh, got this absolutely fabulous email from Kevin. Longtime correspondent. He says, all this uh, Andrew McCabe 25th Amendment talk is such nonsense. I believe your show and its listeners would benefit if you would play out how it would actually work. And this would show just how foolish the media has been discussing this because it appears no one has taken the time to read the damned amendment. Because if they did, they'd know how foolish all this is. We actually did read a, a pretty good chunk of it, but we didn't go as far as Kevin did. Um, it's not that the 25th Amendment would be used improperly in this case. It's that, as framed, the 25th Amendment is superfluous in this case. Because it would be much easier to simply impeach the president outright. Here's how it works. <clears throat> First, the vice president, Michael Pence of Indiana, are Pence and a majority of the cabinet would inform the Congress in writing that Quote, the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. End quote. It's kind of like the high crimes and misdemeanors clause in that whatever the intent was when the amendment was framed, it's, it's vague. Intentionally so, by the way, but I won't bore you with that. Inability to discharge the office really means whatever the vice president and half the cabinet says it means. They send this notice to Congress and the VP becomes acting president. But... Paragraph 2 of Section 4 states that all the POTUS needs to do is send his own letter to Congress saying, Nuh-uh, I'm fine. And he's POTUS again. But wait, there's more. So, there you go. Pence lines up half the cabinet, and and, and, (laughs) we're already into serious la-la land. None of this would ever, ever, ever happen Uh, unless things happen so wildly more significant and clear than what Andrew McKay was talking about. Um, Well, I suppose if there were super... Well, no. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, and I shouldn't. So as long as the president can respond to whatever those things are, say, no, 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 I'm I'm awake, I'm I'm fine. I'm great. Right. He's POTUS again, except paragraph two continues, that the vice president and the cabinet can then send a second letter within four days. Respond within 96 hours or lose out. Stating, no, 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 the POTUS is unable. I know you got that letter from him saying he's fine. Trust me, he's totally not fine. He's so not fine, you can't even believe it. And as long as they send that within four days, then it's up to Congress to decide. And in this case, takes two-thirds of both houses to unseat the POTUS and put the VP in charge. Now, those of you who are familiar with the rules of impeachment are already ahead of me, but um, in the end, if Pence, McCabe, and company had followed through on this, Trump would have immediately said, I don't think so, and McCabe and company continued their 21st Amendment coup, it would take more members of Congress to agree with them than if they just impeached the president. It's not that the 25th Amendment would be used improperly in this case. It's that as framed, and I'm quoting the fabulous Kevin here, it's that as framed, the 25th Amendment is superfluous in this case because it would be much easier to simply impeach the president outright. I wish the media would present this point, but methinks it wouldn't lead enough to enough outrage. It wouldn't be sexy enough topic. K-O-D-R-P-C-S, keep on discussing ridiculous presidential coup scenarios. 
your uh, Fagafy listener, Kevin, in Placerville, California. That's a friend of Armstrong and Getty over 15 years. Um, let, me, let me think. All right, devil's advocate argument. No, 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 that wouldn't work. I don't think there is a good devil's advocate argument. Why would you go through all of that needing two-thirds of both houses as opposed to the House just passing articles impeachment um, by two-thirds? And then the Senate, I always get it backwards. But anyway, you need two-thirds of both houses, which you don't in impeachment. I can't think of a single reason you would do that since both the the, the uh, amendments are quite vague or the provision in the Constitution. So thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you pointing that out. So the entire discussion of the 25th Amendment is even dumber than it seemed. Uh, one more political note. The Job Creators Network, which is uh, clearly a pro-business conservative group, is letting everyone know they're not happy with AOC. New York Democratic Representative uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The group has put up a billboard in Times Square that reads in part, Amazon pullout. Thanks for nothing, AOC. Uh, and that is the super big giant uh, billboard in, in Times Square, I guess, right now. They say the uh, it'll cost the area $12 billion in economic activity. All of these numbers are suspect. They always are. I thought it was interesting. I saw Cory Booker put his hand up and say, Hey, Amazon, you want to come to Jersey? Don't! I thought that was interesting. Mm. So he's down with the Green New Deal, or isn't he? I'm confused. Marsha Phillips, what are your headlines? Remarkable speech at the Vatican Child Abuse Summit we're just hearing about. Chicago's PD blasts actor Jussie Smollett and Senator Kamala Harris staking out the middle ground in the Democratic race for the White House. Excellent. Good stuff. We'll stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Lightsaber dueling has been recognized as an official sport in France. Finally. (laughs) What an official sport in France means, I have no idea, and neither do the French. Means I can finally shed my amateur status. Right. No unofficial sports foolishness in France. Marshall Phillips has our news headlines. Marshall, what's happening? Want to give you an update. Pope Francis has gaveled order a meeting of bishops and other Catholic church leaders to talk about sex abuse by the clergy. The specific purpose of this four-day summit is to talk about the protection of minors. A Colombian cardinal has just warned fellow Catholic bishops at that Vatican summit they could be in prison for covering up crimes if they don't properly deal with clergy sex abuse cases. They're calling it a remarkable speech at the Prevention Summit. Cardinal Ruben Salazar Gomez also denounced how bishops tend to believe priests over people reporting abuse allegations. Salazar went on to say he's blasting the confidentiality agreements often attached to Catholic Church financial statements with, or settlements rather, with victims as an attempt to buy their silence. This wow. guy okay. came out firing bullets. Wow, good for him. I'm glad to hear he's spoken. I, I'm still waiting to hear the Catholic Church say, look, a lot of our problem is the number of sexually active gay priests, bishops, cardinals, and the rest of it. And they know they're so far out of bounds, they're not blowing the whistle on people who are out of bounds with underage people. We need to deal with that. And it won't be dealt with until they're honest about that. But it's a start. Chicago police giving details about the arrest of Empire actor Jesse Smollett. The actor, who's black and gay, claimed he was assaulted by two masked men wearing pro-President Trump hats, MAGA hats, who hurled racist and homophobic slurs at him. 
A very somber Chicago Police Superintendent, Eddie Johnson, who is also black, opened up his statement about the case, saying he was angry. You know, as I look out into the crowd, I just wish that the families of gun violence in this city got this much attention, because that's who really deserves the amount of attention that we're giving to this particular incident. Chief Eddie's a good man. Yep. Doing a hell of a tough job. Yeah, Johnson going on to say, This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? Johnson saying he's either morally bankrupt, crazy, or both. Johnson saying he went through all that because he was dissatisfied with his silent or salary rather. The chief going on to say bogus police reports cause real harm. They do harm to every legitimate victim who's in need of support by police and and investigators as well as the citizens of this city. Smollett, accused of filing a false police report, was charged Wednesday with felony disorder conduct. He turned himself into central booking early today. Yeah, I heard the charge was disorderly conduct, and I thought that's what you get for, you know, reeling down the street drunk, shouting F-bombs and, and, and puking on a cop's right. shoes. But turns out it's a uh, it's a felony. Yes. It's one of your lower-level felonies, right. but it's a felony filing a police report in Chicago. And he could get Fa- three, false police He report, could get yeah. three years in jail, up to three years in jail for yeah, that he if he's won't, found guilty. He won't because, and this is an inconvenient truth people don't like to talk about, there are so many really horrible guys in prison. There's no room for the very bad guys, not to mention the bad guys. Right. And forget the... Stupid, morally bankrupt, or crazy false uh, report filing actors. He will spend some time behind bars. Maybe a uh, a uh, what's her name with the uh, the cigarettes and the uh, the heaving bosoms and the acting and the uh, Herbie Lovebug and the Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay, That's yeah. the one. Lindsay Lohan. and the crazy mom, yeah. Doctor Phil. I'm sitting here with my little shoes and my little tie. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's her name, right? Um. Uh, she, uh, she, they stuck her, you know, in for a weekend right. or something. Right, she was just there to for make a point. Three from hours. The, from the matter something. of public safety, yeah. you know, I don't feel like I'm in danger because Jesse Smollett is out and about. Yeah. But I, there's got to be some sort of penalty that that discourages this sort of thing. I, I right. <laughs> that's cr- it's crazy. Well, you know, it's I've been thinking about this a lot lately, partly because of this case, and then you've got the absolutely crazed homicidal uh, Coast Guard officer right. who wanted to kill everybody on Earth, and he was going to start with Democrats and, and lefty cable news talking heads. And there's no way to reason with crazy people, and they're not listening to our show anyway, probably. Or, well, some of you are, honestly. Why would I say that? There are clearly crazy people listening to this show. Um, if you have any shred of rational thought left, Maybe I'll start with left-wingers for reasons that, you know, I'll try to explain. If you really hate Trump and you really hate Republicans and maybe you really hate racism or whatever and maybe even tie it all together, if you shoot up a baseball practice, that's going to discredit everybody who agrees with you. It's going to tie them to a homicidal lunatic. If you believe that there's 
rampant racism against white people and, and the country's going in the wrong direction or, or whatever that guy believed, then I'm not going to take the time to read his manifesto because I don't... Homicidal lunatics are not my, you know, All right. my choice of reading on the weekend. Um, you are discrediting anybody who is making a rational argument against, say... Uh, social justice warrior excesses, or the victim-oppressor uh, paradigm of everything, or uh, or whatever you believe in. You are doing enormous damage to your own cause whenever you you go homicidal or you fake up a, a racial... Right. If you're some Muslim college student in San Diego, you're not helping by faking MAGA hat-wearing lunatics attacking you in a parking garage hoaxes. You're hurting your cause. So listen, I realize you're an idiot, and I realize you're crazy. Maybe you have enough left in your your dome that works to understand you're hurting your own cause. Don't do it. Plus, when people get really, really jacked up with passion about this stuff, because mm-hmm. you've convinced them people are roaming around Chicago lynching black actors, right. then they start to do crazy violent stuff. Stop it, crazy people. Making her first visit to New Hampshire as a presidential candidate, California Democratic Senator Kamala Harris touted Medicare for All, an assault weapons ban, and the Green New Deal, but she insists... The people of New Hampshire will tell me what's required to compete in New Hampshire, but I will tell you I am not a Democratic Socialist. There you go. And last night, Trevor Noah was asking Harris about possible Democratic rival Beto O'Rourke's statement about border walls. He said, oh, I think all walls are bad, and I think all existing barriers would be removed. Would you remove the walls if you became president, the walls that exist now? No, I believe that we need border security, and but we need p- smart border security. We need to, we, we can't, we can't have open borders. We need to have border security. All nations do. All nations define their borders. But our, we should not have a policy and a perspective that is grounded in keeping people out for the sake of, of this nationalistic kind of uh, thing that this president is trying to push. That was thoroughly reasonable. The end part was trafficking in a stereotype. Yeah. Um, because a lot of Trump voters are simply responding to the fact that we've been told for decades and decades that the parties are going to do something about it, and they never do. So that's a, that is a much bigger factor, and nobody on the Democrat side wants to admit that. It's not crazed racist nationalism. It's, for God's sake, is somebody going to do something at some point? Right. Trevor Noah, about the last six or so weeks, I feel like he's been on a really good roll. He's, yeah, I was he's been say, doing a lot of good work. Similar thing. He's impressed me lately, and that is a really good devil's advocate question for a liberalish guy to ask Kamala Harris, yeah. and a reasonable one. And, you know, honestly, until the end there, where it got a little stereotypy, I thought uh, her answer was thoroughly reasonable. The Beto O'Rourke crowd, the, I think all walls are immoral, we need to tear down the walls, those people are nuts, or morons, or both. Don't listen to them. There you Boy, go. I'm diagnosing a lot of mental illness today. <laughs> yes, I mean, now, who's next? Yes. Who's next? No, you seem all you're quirky, but yeah. you're okay. Out. Who's next? Hey, doc- you're crazy and a moron. Go doc- to your right. Doctor- you with the realtor eyes. Yeah, right. Doc- yeah. Whatever that is. <laughs> Doctor Joe, can you uh, can you uh, prescribe something for me? Yeah, absolutely. Go on to your local dispensary. That's your news. That's what I suggest. And relax. Listen to a little Pink Floyd. Never hurt me. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscious of the nation. Fly free. <laughs> You're a fish guy, Dave Matthews Band. Look, I'm not an extremist. You do whatever makes you happy, but that's, again, tended to, tended to sand down my rough spots. Oh, what? Sounds personal. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Logan bringing it, talking about 
principled journalism. We'll have one more clip for you in a moment or two. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, it's the Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing? Thank you very much for tuning in. So, um, jurors in El Chapo's trial regularly violated the judge's orders to avoid news reports about the case, according to one of the jurors reportedly vice news mm, loved them at first not so much lately but anyway yeah they've gone through a strange time yeah they've they've, yeah some of the key players have changed but anyway they claimed it videotaped a lengthy interview with the one anonymous with uh with one anonymous member of the 12-person panel who reached out to the news magazine via email a day after the trial ended i assume yeah, Vice said its reporter who covered the case made a positive idea of the panelist after having watched the jury for months in open court, um, used gender-neutral terms. Um, at least five jurors were regular consumers of news about Guzman, according to the panelists. Quote, you know how we were told we can't look at the media during the trial? Well, we did. <laughs> um, that's enough for a mistrial right there. Um, Just wild. watching the news is enough to... Uh, yeah, particularly because they, I think they mentioned one, uh, they mentioned the, uh, the accusation against Guzman of drugging and raping young girls and women, um, which was not, uh, admissible in court, but it was part of some other paperwork that the prosecutors filed and they weren't supposed to know about that. Interesting. And the judge had, so yeah, that, that could be enough. Um, and, and, you know, we speculated earlier and it's not. I mean, it's it's not crazy. It's I'm definitely using my imagination, but um, El Chapo's people got to a juror and said, "Listen, you don't need to quit if it's if it's looking unanimous. Don't stick your neck out because that'd be too obvious. All you have to do is claim this, and we'll get a new trial. And um, and for that, you'll be wealthy within your, uh, beyond your wildest dreams." And this reminds me of his strange reaction when the verdict actually came down. Where he was almost doing pep talks to his defense team, saying, "Oh no, no, we'll we'll appeal. We got right. we got more shots. Yeah, at this. Don't give up, fellas. I'm going to keep fighting. You keep fighting. Yeah, that's right. it. It makes a lot more sense if that's your demeanor. If you have an understanding that you got a you have an escape clause, right? Well, the the term criminal genius gets thrown around too much. He it clearly is. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that that maybe this juror thinks these 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 bastards. We had rules and they broke them. I'm blowing the whistle. Maybe this is a, a do-gooder, a person of, of clear conscience, and I've just suggested that they're under the employee of a drug cartel. Um, but again, I'm saying I have no information as to that. It's just my imagination working. Outside of keeping people in solitary confinement like you would in prison, it seems almost right. impossible in modern times to not get wind of news reports. OJ trial, sequestered, right. entirely sequestered. Right. You take him from the courtroom to the hotel, but any outing is supervised. Even that was pre-Twitter, smartphone, Facebook stuff. True enough. And, yeah. then, and then this juror, apparently, the unnamed juror was telling Vice, 
well, you know, it really didn't have any effect on the jury's mm, decision. That's for the judge to uh, decide. Yeah, yeah. And the judge has to it. err to the side right. of fairness. As people yeah. were very bad at realizing what does and doesn't affect our decision right. making. Okay, one more clip with uh, the fabulous Laura Logan talking about the lack of journalistic ethics going on these days um, and, and, and how much it makes her crazy. I um, want to play clip number 11. Uh, do you have access to that, Sean? You know, what I love is I was attacked Thanks. once for making one um, one comment about something that I then went on to do a story. And people were like, oh, my God, this journalist is giving opinions. Well, if you give an opinion they like and they agree with, nobody cares. The fact that you're, in, <laughs> you're not on the air and you're in a, uh, you know, a private situation where people, a public sit- room, for example, where people have come to a lunch and they're asking you your opinion, you're not allowed to give your opinion in that space from all these self-righteous journalists who are going out there saying, good God, well, I can't find a fact in the New York Times half the time today or in political reporting today. I mean, there are some people who are better than others. I don't want everyone out there who's a political reporter to hate me. You know, there's lots of good political reporters out there, but sometimes it's very hard to actually find a fact because so much of it is one anonymous official or person, source after another, giving their opinion. I mean, the New York Times actually printed people sitting, supposedly sitting in meetings, you know, uh, with Mike Flynn when he was National Security Advisor, saying that he didn't know how the National Guard was supposed to be called up, and that he didn't, apparently didn't know that weapons sales have to be approved by Congress. Well, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of anything more ridiculous in my life. What idiot thought that it was okay to print that? Because, first of all, the, the head, he was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and that's their job. He ran it. Right. So how the hell would he not know that weapon <laughs> sales have to be approved by Congress? His entire agency that was under his command for I don't know how many years, that's one of their sole missions is being responsible for the weapons the United States produces from beginning to end. So that, that idea in itself is ludicrous. What it says to me is that the journalist knew nothing about how weapon sales are approved, knew nothing about the Defense Intelligence Agency, and apparently knew nothing about Mike Flynn. Neither did any of the editors at the New York Times who printed that stupid story. Oh, and then, by the way, we reproduced something not dissimilar to it at some place where I may have been working at the time, even though I put out a thing internally to correct those misconceptions. It was ignored because someone chose what they wanted to be true. Oh, this guy's an idiot. He should never have had that job. That's what they were trying to say, right? The discussion with Laura Logan in its entirety is available uh, wherever podcasts are provided for free because we're stupid. Um, and uh, best place, iTunes, iHeartMedia app, uh, Hanson. That's right. Or if you already subscribe, obviously, we'll feed it to you. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. We're out of time. Final thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Yeah! Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Why don't we start with uh, Positive Sean. Or Sean? Uh, shout out to Laura Logan saying what needs to be said. Uh, I hope uh, she f- lands on her feet somewhere. Uh, we need more journalists like her, not less. Fewer? I don't know which one was correct there. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll let it go. Uh, we will allow it. Uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought? I got to agree with Positive Sean. Boy, Laura Logan is great. On fire, let me tell you. And in honor of Laura Logan, I have decided for the first time in a week and a half to go over to the Raven Social and Athletic <laughs> Club and raise a glass. I'm not sure I get the tie-in. <laughs> Odd tribute. But uh, why not? <laughs> Michael, I, I will allow that, too. Michelangelo, your final thought. Uh, yeah, Google has been accused of having 
of having hidden microphones and products. That's why I'm going to take my vacuum, my blender, my toaster, and put them outside before I go to sleep so I know they're not listening to me. <laughs> Google evil, you'll get evil Google. Uh, listen, my final thought is I'm tempted to sell my house, cash in my uh, my savings account and everything I have, just to have the money to hire Lara Logan to be on the show every day, just because it would be so stimulating and so much fun. Unfortunately, that's uh, not a move my wife would approve of, so that won't be happening, but it was uh, interesting and, and fun. And we're going to try to do more uh, extra-large podcasts, Armstrong and Getty Extra-Large is what we call it. Uh, we're busy, busy boys, but it sure is fun to do. Um. So there you have it. Jack's final thought is he's off dealing with some uh, family stuff uh, for his uh, little fella, and uh, we wish him well. So many people thank so little time Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com for information on the podcast and everything else. Uh, if we reference something and said we'll post a link, it's under hot links. We'd love to hear from you. You can mail, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I can always tell by realtor eyes. She got them. Armstrong and Getty.